want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. I am the one who knocks. My dark passenger. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. Don't call me Junior. I certainly hope this little incident hasn't put you off flying, miss. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Geek, the conversational podcast about all things geeky. I'm Danny. I'm Heidi. And today is going to be uh, another comic episode. Yay. We love comics. Yeah, this we... is kind of a, a twofer, though, because we've got a couple of different comics that we've read recently, and so we're going to talk about them both. Well, a couple of comic runs, because... So at the end of 2019, we both... Um, Walking Dead, the comic book, came to an end as well, and... Um, um, and Turtles, the IDW Turtles comic hit issue 100. So both big milestones, Walking Dead coming to a end is probably the more the the bigger deal mm-hmm. um, in terms of the wider comic book uh, landscape. But issue 100, this is the longest um, this is the longest run of the Ninja Turtles comic since it started. Yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. Anything past issue 72, so I'd say it's still a pretty historic place to be, especially but, given given the world where. Comic book sales are way down. Comic book companies are kind of teetering on the edge of brink of of going under. And it's even um, sort of misleading to say, like, Turtles Volume 1 by Mirage Comics, um, after Eastman and Laird had their first 12 or 13 issues or 14 or whatever it was, and they left, it became much more of an anthology title anyways. Yeah, that's true. And we didn't... I actually haven't read that much after Eastman and Laird left, and then they came back in, like, the 20s and did, like, a short little arc, and then they came back at the very end of Volume 1. But I believe it... Like, so, Volume 1 ran for, like, the 70 issues you just yeah. mentioned. But even, like, over, over 40 or, or I think close to 50 of those issues are sort of, like, anthology style mm-hmm. where they had different creators and so it's been like um a hundred issues with the with the same creative team same writers like the same continuity um and where and that's a milestone for any comic really i mean a hundred issues is a lot of issues yeah everybody does um let alone 193 for the walking dead everybody does restarting nowadays dc comics is as we speak like getting ready to do another another thing called 5g um later this year but so yeah, we're gonna talk about the end of Walking Dead. Why don't you talk about because I Walking Dead was a we both get into Walking Dead around when our first or when our son was born about 2013. I think you were a little earlier, so more like 2012. Then comic had been out for a while, and I had heard about it for a while. Mm-hmm. But I just was I've never been a zombie person, and so I just wasn't into it. And so why don't you talk about? getting into it because you getting into it telling me how good it was is what got me into it so i don't like what made you want to read it like how, how did you get into it i mean I, I think it really comes down to there's so much buzz around it and usually i'm one to avoid the things that have a lot of buzz as opposed to be drawn into them but there's just something about the the overall tone of it that that intrigued me so i thought i would check it out and i remember just getting the first issue and anybody who's ever wa- read the walking dead knows that issues tend to ha- and on cliffhangers and so I was like "Ooh, I liked it and then I read issue two and then read issue three and then before I know it knew it I was just kind of sucked in and I remember um sitting on the couch in our living room just pounding through 
issues pretty quickly because of the way that they were written. And I mean, Robert, Robert Kirkman, um, I hadn't really heard of him before the walking dead. Yeah. I think invincible, I don't know what started invincible or walking dead, but yeah, I had walking dead is his big thing, which, which by the way, I started invincible and read like the first six or seven issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I just couldn't get into it. It's supposed to be awesome, but I couldn't get into it. Yeah. If it didn't, but it, it, it must've been around issue 100 that I think, you had gotten it because I, I remember the hype um oh and yeah I, and i just i read quite a bit spoilers for everything by the way always spoilers on this show uh, but so issue um, 100 hadn't come out yet i started reading it prior to issue 100 yes but i i'm but shortly I'm trying to before. think like usually the hype like for a comic book i mean when a comic book is good like you know saga or walking dead like they kind of constantly get buzz but I think you were on the lead up, like maybe like I think it was starting to start by ninety five or ninety six probably yeah. issues, yeah. That's... But the that was the big one when Negan was just introduced around that time, and then mm-hmm. Glenn was Glenn was brutally killed in issue one hundred, and so that was your origin for it. And I think you just telling me how good it was, and that it was more of a character story instead of just the zombies. The zombies. That's the cool thing about Walking Dead is that it's always been sort of um not sort of it's always been it's a story more, about people yeah more character driven and the people who are trying to live these lives in the in this um uh, this apocalyptic uh, you know universe where there's mm-hmm. there's zombies but the zombies aren't really the main focus it's the no. people staying alive it's and their the decisions that people make and and i mean as as the whole series progressed oftentimes the humans were equally as dangerous if not more so than the zombies Oh, and I think and, that's part of the point of it. And by the way, the story, the, the TV show is huge, but I've never seen an episode of the TV show and you've watched what, seasons one and two, but mm-hmm. you dro- you have no interest in going back either. No, so I don't. Everything we're going to talk about is from the perspective of the comic book. So issue 193 comes out. Actually, before we get to the issue, we'll talk about a little bit about how we read it. So this is one of the only series that, because we read some titles issue to issue like uh turtles although i might let them build up but we don't we read them issue you to read issue. it arc to arc really we purchase well, all the issues yeah and we, we read them arc to arc yeah but we buy that we buy the individual issues yeah, but that's not how you read it but i guess i'm talking about even just like how we buy it like so we mm-hmm. buy certain titles in as individual issues we buy certain titles as um trades and then the, walking dead is one that we like the the sort of prestige format it comes out in different ways i mean obviously the individual comic and then they have a six issue soft cover trade paperbacks. And then they have, we buy the like super deluxe um, omnibus that's got 24 issues, oversized hardcovers. Yeah, I like reading it in the oversized format because I, like I love too. the art. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I like it. And then they also have like the giant ones that I think have like 40 some issues. Like, like there's only been like yeah. four or five of those that have come out. Those those things seem un, unwieldy to me. Um, the it's big, big. The big giant. Because I'm, I'm, I'm even the ones that, the oversized ones that we're reading with 24 issues are heavy. So once you got into it, you read it and you liked it so much that we bought the, I believe at that point was the first four of mm-hmm. the omnibuses. And so I've read it in those omnibuses and it was, it was great. It was a fantastic read and I was missing out by not reading it just because I was writing it off as like just, I'm not, a, I'm not a zombie person, although there's a lot of zombies. I shouldn't say that. I, I, I don't know why I feel that's like that. That's like way. when I used to say I don't like sci-fi, and you'd be like, "Yes, you do." That's true. That, that's so. a great point because there's tons of like I like Walking Dead. There's been a, there's a lot of movies with zombies that I like. There's um, Zombieland. You like Zombieland? Um, there's there, there's a lot of various things that I like, but I, I guess 
I like sort of flinch when I hear zombies because I feel like it's overdone. I'm like, you really got to sell me on it. Um, mm-hmm. There was that fantastic, or at least I thought it was, I think it was called Maggie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. where his daughter, be, it was like one of his first movies back after being being the, um, the governor. And um, so we read it in the in these omnibuses, and they only come out, there are 24 issues, so they only come out every two years. And so we'll finish something, and then we have to wait. For a while, I couldn't wait, and so I was illegally downloading the issues and then, um, and then reading them that way, because I... Actually, when I first cut up, I read the first four omnibuses that we got, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Oh, this is so good! I want to keep going." And at that point, there was probably it was like two thirds of the way through until the next one came out, and so I had like twenty some issues or like eighteen issues to read, and so I was reading it that way. But it just wasn't. It's not as good. It's just, it's not as good. Plus, I just like the just waiting for it. It's kind of like waiting for a novel, and the omnibuses are well. And I like to support with with our money too oh for I sure mean, for sure in, in this well, industry that wasn't we really quite should that wasn't quite the worry because we were going to buy them anyways as i was reading it because i True. couldn't wait for the story because we were going to buy them anyways but then i just started so i stopped that after a little while even though um it was tough at first because like we get sucked into like something once a month and then you wait for the better experience but the, but the, be- the better experience you have to wait you know two years for mm-hmm. um and so that's actually become much more common for me now. I read a lot of my stuff, even if I read it, the individual issues, I, I let a lot of things build up and read them arc to arc. Or, um, but the, the, the last thing before we talk about the end is the, the format of the omnibuses is cool because they don't have – the covers are all in the back – and so it really flows from one to the next. Like you, re- I mean, it you can, reads just like a like a book. You can guess. I mean, so you're reading 24 issues at a time of of a comic or of, you know of a series, and you don't exactly know where the issues one ends and one begins. And although they do like to end on a full plate on a full page splash, so that's it doesn't happen every single comic, but a lot of comics they end on a full page. That's- yeah. so you can you can usually tell that's true you can usually guess where it is but then in it's not uncommon for walking dead to have splash pages throughout the comic mm-hmm. as well so you can't just go by like oh it's a splash page it's the end of the comic no. but you can sometimes you could guess but it made for a really cool reading experience because you know you'd finish up for the night you would put the bookmark in you didn't know exactly where it was just like in mm-hmm. a novel you're reading a novel you don't know yeah. where you know you might stop on page whatever and so that was a uh, cool way to read it and so jump to the um what was it the summer last summer um i think the oh you have it there what's the cover date on issue 193 so as you it is keep talking so the so the it was the i'm gonna we're, we're we're talking spoilers here so Prior to the final issue coming out, I had been, I think both of us, we follow comic book sites, and it was spoiled that Rick Grimes dies, but I didn't know how it was, how he dies. July of 2019. Okay. So July, comic book t- titles, the cover dates are usually two months ahead, and so it probably, the, the issue came out probably May, is probably when it, when the issue came out, um, and... Well, this is 193, he dies oh, yeah. in 192. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So... So probably um, I guess April. I'm talking about two things at once. I'm talking about getting spoiled about Rick dying, and we both got spoiled on that, but we didn't really talk about it together. And well, then, and we knew he died, but I don't think I knew exactly which issue it happened. Well, I didn't know either. exactly which issue, and, and I didn't and know the manner of how. So we knew sometime in the last the, arc he would die, and I didn't know the manner of how until I actually read it in the um, omnibus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was spoiled that Rick dies, and then it came out. 
like it was very shortly after it was the very next month it came out just ahead of the wednesday because new comics get released on wednesdays just before the wednesday of issue 193 coming out it was revealed that it was the last issue of walking dead and so um actually and one of the first things i did was go holy shit walking dead is ending in my mm-hmm. head but then i was like i did the math and i was like scrambling because <laughs> in the volume the it was 193 was the last issue, but the the way the omnibuses work is 24 issues at a time. Yeah, so it would end would, on 192. That would have it end on 192. So I was like, shit, we have to get this last issue, partially because it's a collector's item, although it probably sold so many that it won't be collector's item. But I just wanted to make sure we could read it because it wasn't in my head a guarantee. There wasn't much time to think about it because it was coming out in like a day or two after I read the news. And so it wasn't that big of a deal. I went to the comic book shop. Um, and, and, and got that issue. Turns out it wasn't a big deal. Because yeah, they just put it in the last they, omnibus anyway. They, they made the last omnibus uh, 25 issues, whereas the previous seven were 24. They just made the last one 25. So it wasn't a big deal. But it was kind of um, shocking that it was ending because it was – there was no – usually usually – um, if you're in the know with comic books and you follow comic book, you're nerdy enough like I am. You follow comic book websites. Titles being – ending is like it's not a surprise they have in in the solicitations that mm-hmm. they're you know you'll know three months ahead of time this is the last issue all they of a sudden the cover stops appearing or well, they or they put just in the solicitations last yeah. but but in this case they actually made fake covers so well, it would that, look yeah. like it would keep going that's the interesting thing is they knew it was going to keep going they did the complete opposite of what most people do most people are like pick up this issue this is the final issue of this series like make, make sure to get this one it's the last one they um, Image Comics and Robert Kirkman wanted to surprise people, and so they had fake covers commissioned. Not commissioned; they just um, fake covers. They made fake covers, yeah. Um, tra- um, Charlie Adler drew them, and, and they did fake covers, and so they made people think it was going to keep coming out because the way comics are ordered, comic book shops have to order like three months ahead of time, so they would know if the title was stopping. Yep, because... they made three fake covers, and that so... way, the month that it came out. You still had three months ahead. Exactly. And so that's, and, and I knew like we, we get the previews. So I knew it was, um, had been in like the last month. So I'm like, how is this the end when it was just in the previews for last month, but it was because they were fake. Um, so you want to talk about, so that's all the preamble out of the way. Then the, the omnibus finally comes out in November of, of 2019. It's got all 25 issues. It's, um, re- really cool. We have the. It's it's cool to have that whole collection now, just on the bookshelf, mm-hmm. volumes one through eight. So, all right, I'll give it over to you to talk about uh, the last volume and what you thought about some of this, your, your thoughts. Well, I just I like reading the series as a whole, and I've always enjoyed the artwork. I really have liked how it's black and white because with the grime and the dirt and the grease and all the disgustingness of the zombies themselves, I like that they can just get away with shading it. You know, I think it would just be too much if, it, if the zombies were all colored in. You know, we get that on the cover, but I, I really like that. So um, moving forward, though, with the, the last arc, I've enjoyed my time in this, like, settlement that they've established and seeing other other settlements as well and, like, getting to know this this new settlement that, that they've discovered and um, their time trying to figure out whether they can trust people or not trust people, which has basically been the whole series. Can you trust them? Can we not trust them? Do we fight for resources? Do we share resources? All of that. So, um, much of this most recent arc felt very similar to, to those things up until the end, but I still, I have enjoyed the story. Like that's not taken away from it. Cause there's always a little bit something different about the dynamics of the people and who they are and 
you know, if they're good or not good or slightly evil or truly evil or, you know, all of that sort of thing. So I've, I've enjoyed that. And I enjoyed that in the last issue as well. And well, not the last issue, but just the last arc, just kind of seeing where is society going, um, as they become more and more civilized. So, um, just watching that build because it, the, the evilness of people becomes less and less, um, easy to pick out. Like if you think about how easy it was to see Negan and even then it's not clearly black and white, his evilness or the governor, for example, versus, um, in the most recent community, the, the leader of that, I wouldn't necessarily say is evil, but not quite as straightforward with the class system that they'd established. And, you know, you, you knew something wasn't quite right in that, in that. Yeah. I, I found the, um, the issues leading up to the end to be really fascinating because the, they meet a new settlement that is unlike any that they've found before because right. we, mostly it's been people picking up the scraps and like small communities and probably where Rick Grimes and his crew, um, Alexandria, um, and the communities that they've, the kingdom and the communities, like the, the triad of communities that they sort of had that they would share resources between the three of them. They were still sort of smallerish villages actually. And then they come across this, uh, community, which I can't actually, I'm blanking on the name. I know me too, but they have at, at, at first it seems like this is perfect. Like they found these people are living in. It was first of all like the largest that they found was like what fifty, sixty thousand people living there. Yeah, I I like that they were actually further along in their establishment of society than anything Rick Grimes had. You know, they had ice cream. They had all yeah, these. They, they had all these services that that Rick Grimes's society didn't have. Like he could actually be surprised by something. I like that. Yeah, society was basically back at in this in this community in this in this group um but it wasn't quite right you know? yeah just because there was the class system and what were you before um the zombie outbreak happened and that sort of like dictated what you were going to be and so yeah there's no way to like fair. surpass your now, fate. it did make me think i have my notes here that like it's interesting because it makes you think that like is society better off as smaller communities is, is something like this like bound to happen with like larger communities and the haves and have nots i mean as the largest societies get, I mean, they they have, this is a society that's large enough to where they have waiters and, and waitresses. And this isn't something Rick and their crew has, have had probably since, you know, the zombie infestation started. And, and it makes me think like, once you start having a society where, you know, you have the need again for waitresses and you have the need for, mm-hmm. for the, the, because before everybody has a blue collar job, everybody's basically got, you know, in, in Rick right. Grimes's society, everybody's helping out doing everything. Everybody's pitching in. Everybody's no one's above anyone. When you else. start to specialize, I mean, they have lawyers, um, and so is society better? So I have a question for. I mean, it's a legitimate question for you. Is society better off as small communities? Just in just in your theory, like maybe in the Walking Dead universe, just in just maybe in just in f- philosophically, like do you think society is better off? smaller communities or like is it better off as super large ones i mean it's hard to define better off but i i think that the chances for innovation and and growth and and um just overall like economic well-being is better with with larger groups and societies i think i I agree but i it, it almost seems inevitable that like, diversity is not the, the, the key to to growth in a not, lot of cases i agree but i i do recognize that there was a 
everybody had stakes in Alexandria, for instance. Everybody was invested in everything, and nobody was higher up on a social ladder than anybody else. And like you saw in this larger society, I, I don't know if it was this group of people or if it was the leaders mm-hmm. or if it was just human nature because that's a really fundamentally one of the reasons why I really like Walking Dead is it is it's a reflection of humanity. And it, it's it's through one person primarily. It's through, well, two people. It's through Robert Kirkman's writing and Charlie Adler's um, drawing. And and I'm blanking, but there are people who do the gray tones and, and, and things. And so they shouldn't be left out either. But in general, it's the product of two people. But it really is a reflection on society. And so it makes me think, what is, like, it, it felt supernatural. Like, I never once thought while reading anything about the um the post all-out war so once you had the time jump and everybody mm-hmm. in, the com- in the community sort of established that like yeah this feels like how society would be if it's, if the community was this small and then when the we get to the whatever and the community didn't have resources where it took everyone to chip in and and then when we got to the to the last um omnibus and we get to the community this large and and it and and you start to see yeah the you start to see the have and have nots the way that like society is just becoming the same way it was before like is there benefits to having small communities where every, every, the stakes are the the problem people share in, in the resources and the stakes and the problem where everybody is sharing in the resources and stakes is that you might not have everyone actually happy because everyone has to chip in so they don't get to specialize or have an opportunity to do something else. Maybe somebody wants to be a baker. Like Michonne's daughter was a baker and she enjoyed that, but she wouldn't have that in the Rick Grimes society. I don't want to have it be too too political. I want to move on, but it is super interesting. It makes you think that like, you know, it's sort of like um, you could, you could paint an argument that it's um, basically socialism versus Versus capitalism. capitalism. Yeah. And capitalism is painted as the bad guy in this in, in this scenario. Yeah, although it's not true capitalism either because they don't allow in the in the newer society, I don't believe that they allow people to really move up the ranks they much ju- unless yeah. that there's unless there's like an opening for it. But so I it's think still... that's the analogy. Do you think that's what Robert Kirkman was going for? Is Probably. that analogy? It's something like that, I think, yeah. But I never got the sense prior to this, I never got the sense that he was trying to that like the comic was like it might not have socialist been. In, it might not have been intentional. No, I mean, well, he was just showing. Here's what. A, here's what yeah. a, a different it, type of society might look like. So, what did you think of um, Rick Grimes' actual death? So we don't need to go into all the details of like, but it was he was he was killed by so the governor of this of this new settlement. Um, and settlement's not the right. That makes it seem too small. Like this, like the city. I mean, it's fifty thousand people. That's twice yeah. the size of our town. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her son is a spoiled. I mean, it's everything that like comes with you know, uh, you know, the evil capitalist is uh, is the entitled son who ends up who ends up killing Rick. Did you see that coming? We had a conversation in the car, and you were ahead of me in reading it. I I kind of did. Yeah, I suspected that that was gonna be how it happened, or that that he would have a part in it. I did. No, that I still wasn't. I was still shocked to see the panels where he just walks in and kills Rick in cold blood but I I suspected that something like that might happen but I was thinking it would be more like in a rage in front of other people and not like just alone in his bed kind of thing um and I think it all puts a nice little bow around the message that that they're writing which is people are just as dangerous if not more so than the walkers themselves and the dead themselves like and I think that that is is the prime showing of it. But it's also it was a senseless killing, and I was like, man, 
he lives his whole life trying to survive and then that's like he goes down from this little turd yeah that sucks but (laughs) i you know i get it i think there's there's reasoning behind it so i completely agree with you um in the sense well i didn't see it coming i thought he would be bitten by a walker just because i was like he's too savvy and this character i just don't see going out that way by but and i think it would be i'm not sure if it would be poetic justice or not poetic i think i mean it's more poetic justice to be go down by a walker than it is i think by a human but so i was shocked i remember having a conversation in the car driving back from um, i was a couple of issues ahead of you it was so hard like you were like you were debating about what was going to happen and i just couldn't i didn't want to like have any facial expressions i didn't want you to have a i didn't want to spoil anything for you but yeah i i thought for certain it was going to be a walker just because i was like i just didn't see it going down with a human and i was like i don't know who it would be and i did not so i was shocked that it was this nobody but i mean i guess to your point it's like you know Life is fragile in this world, and you're used to, you know, you see that. But you had this yeah. super strong character. And this Rip kid, Grimes. I mean, he just walked right in Rick Grimes' door. I mean, I doubt Rick's door was even locked, or who knows if it even had a lock. But just walked in, bam, kills him. Yeah, and it was it was shocking, and it was, um, and it it was sad because then Carl finds him the next morning, mm-hmm. right, and he has to shoot his dad. Yep. Um, shoot him, right? Or did, yeah, because he became a walker. Well, I couldn't remember if he used a hatchet or like what his method of killing him was. I I'm pretty sure he shot I'm him. Blanking. It's been now we're recording this in February, and it's been you know it's been a month and a half or whatever since I since I finished it because uh, I finished it over uh, Christmas break. But the um, oh, I want to go before we start. So we're just about ready to talk about the final issue, issue one eighty three, and so I didn't know where the series was going in the final issue. And I didn't know it's sort of a wrap up and I didn't know when Rick was going to die. And so like, as, but I knew he died. And so as the omnibus kept going on, I was like, there's not much time here for the, yeah, I had that thought too. When is he going to die? When is he going to die? So he basically, he dies towards the like last quarter of the, Mm -hmm. of issue 192. They have a funeral and then that's it for that issue. Yep. And then I remember you were like, man, if, if he, he doesn't die soon, and they're not going to wrap up this, and they're not going to wrap up that. And you were all still thinking about present day, not not even thinking, oh, they could just jump to future and yeah, it, just say society's fine. Yeah, it which was, is essentially what they did. That it would have been shocking, I think, if you would have read one ninety two and didn't have any of the knowledge that one ninety three was going to be the last issue. Yeah, or there was going to be the time jump or or any of the stuff that. And so you just end an issue one ninety two, and then you're going to go, well, what's going to happen with this society now and what's and moving forward what's the storyline going to be um in an alternate universe that could have mm-hmm. been interesting if robert kirkman chose to continue the story from the issue on 182 and just continue it on it would have been um interesting so before we dive actually into the very last issue i want to talk about go all the way back to the end of omnibus 7 where andrew died that was pretty shocking and then so yeah that, was, that i really that didn't informed see. a lot and that of, was a walker that was she got bit and that informed a lot of rick's behavior do you think that he let his guard down or he was like that you know he wasn't on his top of his game because of because in through this whole omnibus you see him at the gravesite. he's like creepily sleeping at, on, on, on her grave and things and no i don't think it did it's not the first time he's experienced loss i mean he went through a great loss with his wife 
if you remember, he had like the fake telephone that yeah, he his is, wife and his baby. Yeah, you his, know, I mean, his, Rick, if a daughter, Rick has experienced that's loss true. I before. haven't thought about that in a long time. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, mentally, it's kind of shaken him up. But no, I don't. I don't. You can't really be off your game. Like, who would expect this this random spoiled little brat to kill him? I mean, really, he didn't see that coming. Yeah. So I I don't think he was off his game. If anything, I think politically he was in one of the best spots he's ever been because he didn't want to be the leader of this new town. It was very clear and he wasn't power grabbing for once, which has been a common theme for him where he wants to always be the top dog. And he wasn't vying for that. He wanted to stay within his own community and lead his own community and, and work with the new one. But I I think he was in a, actually a a really good place with his people (laughs) mentally with his wife, maybe not so much, but all of that's true, although I think he was being set up to be the leader, whether or not he wanted it or not. Like I don't think he. I don't think he would have accepted it. That's the thing. I, I don't. True, but even if they had an election and he was a, he super... an incumbent, you know, if he didn't want to be it, I, I don't know. I'm... See, if they had an election and he was elected, I feel like he he's a virtuous enough, and but he he feels like he wants to be. He's as much as he's a leader, he also wants to serve. I mean, he was a police officer. He wants yeah. to serve his community, and so I think if they would have voted, I think he, I could have seen him being the lead. I, th- the I don't think he would have let it go that far because he didn't want to leave his own community that he built. That's true, the thing. true. So, what did you think of the last? So, all that said, now the last issue, issue one ninety three, comes out. What did you think of it? I liked how it wrapped up the arcs. I liked that it was centered around Carl and and him finding his own path and and. Um, kind of an arc about him. I liked that. I wasn't thrilled with the the part of how the walkers are kind of being made a spectacle, and especially with it being um, Herschel. Herschel, yeah. I was really disappointed that Maggie would let Herschel get that way and behave that way, and so that I didn't like that. But it, you know, that's how they wrote it. Um, but I think back to some of the travesties that have happened in our world with the Holocaust and with segregation in the United States and just all these different things that have happened and America and the world remember those things. We have memories and, and, and those things are deep seated and deep rooted. And even like, if you think about the civil war, we're decades and decades later and there's still, um, you know, perceived inequality. I shouldn't say perceived. There's still inequalities that happen. So then I think about what, was set up here and they're basically saying, well, people are forgetting that the walkers existed. And I don't know. I've, I have a hard time thinking that Carl and Sophia and like his generation and, and the older generation are the only ones that are, you know, that, that it's gotten that far in just, you know, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. I had that in my notes too, that it was, it seems uh, a little early for that to happen. That it, yeah. It's only been about 30 years. That's what I have the exact same thing in my notes that it's only been about 30 years. And it's interesting that there it's, that their walkers are so rare now that right. the not only does somebody have them as an um an, an attraction but it's a popular it's, attraction it's like a sideshow attraction it's, it's, yeah it's, it's popular enough that people come to see it and yep. so i i absolutely think that carl is justified in his killing of the walkers i don't see them as anybody's property herschel's or, or anyone else and and i think he absolutely should have done what he did i really liked michonne's um speech so can we step back for a minute? What did you think of, or were you surprised by, or were you spoiled, like by the time jump? Like it ends issue one ninety two ends. Carl's probably fifteen or fourteen, somewhere I think he's about sixteen, but yeah. somewhere around there. And then issue one ninety three picks up, and Carl's probably forty. Um, no, I wasn't surprised because the the series has time jumped before. 
not quite that many years, but it, it had a big time jump before where we went from the all-out war to established community. So this is kind of in alignment with what they've done in the past. I guess I didn't really think twice about it. That was the end of the society with Rick Grimes, and now here's just an epilogue. Like The, the last comic really was an epilogue. So yeah. I think 1 through 192 was the Rick Grimes story. And 193 was, here's the epilogue about what happened to Rick Grimes' son and what the world is is like that's after a, his death. That's a great way to think about it as an epilogue. And I agree with you having read it, that's how. But leading up to it, I didn't know it was going to be an epilogue. I didn't either. But it was a little bit more jarring. I thought there was going to be a, a little bit of fallout or like cleanup that, that from mm-hmm. a writing perspective that they would do from the end of the previous issue. I think it would just model things up. If you know you're only going to write one more issue, I think that's the yeah. way to do no, it. No, no, no. I think it was done super smartly. I'm just talking about reader expectations, which yeah. reader expectations aren't necessarily what the writer's intentions and what, what and um, I, I think he even says in, he has a really long letter to the audience. Robert yeah, Kirkman I does. enjoyed that. And I'm I, glad he wrote it. I think part of it, I think in, in there, he even says that like, you can't, you shouldn't write to audience expectations mm-hmm. and, and um, that he's had this ending and, mine for a while but also that he had a different ending which would have been way back in like issue 70 and not nearly as good uh, i think it would have been i kind of like it it's, it would have been dark and dour but i already think the series was so one of my notes jumping to the last issue one of the notes i wrote is it's a it's a surprisingly upbeat and not like um there there's not super high stakes in terms of life and death you're mm-hmm. learning about where society's gone but up until now, um, the series, I mean, it has highs and lows, and it has not every issue, obviously, has life and death stakes, but, I mean, um, death is... Uh, death is imminent. It's always It's, it's not the shied corner. away yeah. from this series. Um, I actually wrote in my notes that it, the comic is a fairly, in my opinion, I read it as a fairly nihilistic work of art from, you know, issues 1 to 193. Like, it's, it's sort of dark, and it doesn't say good... I mean, there it says good things about humanity. Like, there's good people... But there's, I, yeah, I, it, I, I it kind this. of says when, when faced with, with these dire situations, people will do whatever it takes, and that's not always the morally straight thing to do. I mean, the interesting thing is you could read it as an optimistic outlook too. Like, look at how like these communities did rise up and and come together. Yeah, and, they pulled through. And like Rick had leaders, but there's also a very nihilistic edge to the series. I think where it's like. Death is coming. Death, like, you can't really be all that sad. I think even Carl says it. Like, you just get numbed. Like, the people in this world are numb to death. And that's... But they're not in the end. That's the... I mean, they, they come out well, of it. That, they're that's they're what I'm not saying. numb to it anymore. I was, that's, I was pleasantly surprised. So I guess what I was saying is I wouldn't have been... I wouldn't have thought that his original ending, which we're not going to go into here. If you want to read about his original ending, read the letter in the after the last issue. But I don't think, given the tone of the comic series in general... And where it was at that point, I think that that would have been a fitting end. But I also think this um, ending here works, and you learn the society. It very much feels like the uh, they're at the point in technology, and where it feels like the like late probably eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, like post mm-hmm. post Civil War. It feels like um, yeah. the railroad. Like I think even in the issue, they're like literally like in the way they did they're connecting to the, in the west. way they did in the old, you know, in in um, you know Wild West times. You know, they were literally connecting to the West, and that was cool to see Eugene working there. That was yeah, cool. I had that in my notes too, like Eugene being liked, able to be like the genius of the times. I like checking in on all the on all the people. I liked that too. One one other note that I have is that it is in my hand, in my mind, a little heavy handed on the Rick Grimes as a martyr, um, 
society is often, I think, kinder to those who die unexpectedly or, or under circumstances like that. And I think over the course of the entire series, Rick is not always a liked man. People don't always agree with him. And people definitely die because of the choices that he makes. But the story that um, Carl is telling his daughter Andrea is that essentially they're all there because of Rick. But- and I, I do think that's true for Carl and for his wife and for Andrea, but the West existed without mm-hmm. Rick Grimes. There are other communities that existed without him. So like having this big statue erected for him. And I mean, it's, it's fitting in that small setting, but mm-hmm. only in that small setting. I agree with you. I hadn't actually thought about it, so I'm th- but I'm thinking about it now. I don't think that like it was overly played up in my opinion, because in throughout the issue, I think Carl is one of the only ones who's still, you know, these 30 years later is still championing, and and making sure people don't forget about his dad. I feel mm-hmm. like he's always like, you know, um, I don't when, know if you're gonna forget him when there's a big statue of him in the middle of town. True, but it's a small. I mean, there's statues all over the place. I mean, True. we, I, you know, you can, you can go to any town, not any town, but there's like there's lots of towns where there's just a statue, and yeah. you're like, what? Who is that person? That's true. But in general, throughout this issue, it's Carl is a um a lot of the time saying like we can't like. We can't forget, we can't like, forget his, yeah. his whole argument for Herschel not even having the walkers is, can't, don't you remember what my dad did? And people are like, well, that was a long time ago. Like, get over it. Move on. It's yeah. That's kind of what I took is, like, Carl's still holding on to it. And he's not letting his father's memory be – like, the world actually wants to move on. And Carl's sort of saying, like, you got to always remember this person. But the world is ready to move on and, like, leave Rick Grimes in the past, which it should. He was monumental in, in, in certain characters and certain communities' lives. But, like, like, like you said, there's a whole – the whole West we never even like learned right. about. And so I actually took a, I had a different reading. And so it's interesting hearing you say that. And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it that much, but now you're making me think about it. And my take was much more that Carl was trying to hold on to it and continue the legacy, but the world was moving on without him. Um, I guess I didn't see it that way, but that's, that's fine. Um, what did you think about the wrap up for Negan? Um, it was good. It was, I, I wish there was more. There was only, I think, doesn't Carl take, food or something over to yeah he basically just drops it off at negan's house but negan doesn't come out it's implied that he's still alive and he's living at that house when i actually was going to talk about when when you brought up negan earlier um that negan became one of my favorite characters in the series not not because of how a lot of depth not because of yeah because early on he's sort of a favorite because of like the sort of like the nihilistic view like he's sort of brutal and sort of like interesting and and uh there's a a voyeuristic like thing about like watching this like super uh sadistic person do these things mm-hmm. in the pages of this comic book you know burning one of his people that um who's part of his group space with an iron that was like a while ago right but um and so but then we get to a peek behind the curtain and we learn about him and why he is the way he yes, is and why the, he behaved the way the he did it's, it's it's called here's negan right that, yeah like, but even just in the pages of the regular walking dead he shares some of that that insight as well like when he's sitting in the jail with that's with carl and later on like he hints at it i think i think that that um that here's negan like it was put out like as like chapters of like image plus which was a super short-lived thing that failed at at image i think but it was collected into the hardcover that we bought i think i think that goes a long way to be to um have have you be more sympathetic with him but after he's out of jail i think he's he continues down that pathway even after you get more of that even without the here's Negan, I think. I think one of the moments that was a uh, turning point, or I, I think I still really liked the character and reading him, but when he killed um, Alpha, 
or, or was it Gamma? Which one did he? Beta. Was it? It was Beta. No, I think he killed Alpha too, and he might have killed. Maybe he killed Beta and Alpha. That might be it. Yeah. But I th- he, yeah, because he's coming to. Um, from the whispers, uh, the, yeah. Well, the leaders of the whispers. Rick lets him go. Yeah. And then he goes, and you think that he's actually, uh, um, um, defecting to the whispers mm-hmm. side, and then he stabs. Yeah, he stabs and kills. Stabs Alpha and kills her. It, um, and then Beta actually comes out, comes back in this volume. That's right. And I think he kills him in this. I don't remember who kills him, but he kills Alpha, and it's like, yeah, he is on Rick's side, and mm-hmm. so he, like he wanted to be on Rick's side, and so I was like. No, Negan, don't In some do ways, it. he's like the, the puppy has been beaten up and used to fight back, and now the puppy just wants to please. Y- yeah, yeah, although he's much more super brutal. <laughs> but I don't really have that many more notes on this. Um, I thought it was interesting that – and you were the one who – and you brought this up too when we talked about it just in person briefly, that it was interesting that Carl ended up with Sophia. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to Lydia, who he was kind of his teenage – banger yeah his, te- his teenage fling and it was more of a fl- it was more than a fling i think they had something serious um yeah but something happened and they went their separate but, ways although they were still working together which was a little awkward i think but well you just you know in this world it's you keep the people that you know are safe you know as True. allies um is the way that i took it but at first i was like oh it's weird that he's with sophia but it was sort of they it's, sort of your life keep, changes from well, when you're 16 to in your 40s so i mean and, like Robert Kirkman subtly set it up in the um in this volume eight. Like you almost can forget about Sophia for like dozens and dozens of issues, or at least I feel yeah. like I can. Um, well, I, she's like, just at Hilltop, isn't she? Yeah, but I mean, she's been there since issue one, right? But uh, and so it's almost hard to even like remember her history. Like I think she had a she had a mother who went crazy, and mm-hmm. when they were in the prison and killed herself in the prison, and it's almost like back when Tyrese was there, and it's almost yeah. like hard to remember all that. Um, and so, but she, he started, uh, Carl started looking out for Sophia and like was sort of be, being in, in, interested in her love life a little bit more in, um, Om, Omnibus 8 throughout those 24, last 20, 25 issues. He started, wasn't he, she like worried that she was going to be single forever and he was like yeah, giving her advice yeah. and then, Well, he was trying to like hook her up with other guys and she didn't like and, any of them. And I, mean, I didn't know. It's not it. like there's a lot to choose from. And I didn't know it when I was reading it, but that was Robert Kirkman subtly setting up that like, I think like myself, like the readers, or maybe the way that I read it is like the readers who have forgotten about Sophia for a while. I think, you know, Carl hasn't looked at her in that sort of a way in a while either. And he's like, oh, this, this person who's living in a different uh, hilltop. Although wasn't, wasn't Carl living at hilltop now too? Yeah, he had moved that way. So he moved there and so he started He was to helping see, them rebuild after he the fire. Had a, he had this childhood friend that he's now seeing in a, in a different light. And mm-hmm. uh, more romantically, you you start to see hints that Robert Kirkman was doing. Yeah, that. like oh, maybe she's not like that girl next door sister type, but she's actually a uh, a sultry being. But I think yeah, I think I have that's that's about my last notes for it. Um, um, completely, I already said this, but I completely agree with you about how fast it seems like. It's the one the my criticism is it almost seems unrealistic how society has like forgotten the dangers of the walkers where it's a problem that you kill a walker who comes onto your land. Like yeah. uh, that's, that's and it's, issue it's one starts property with, for someone yeah. else. Yeah. Issue one starts with Carl shooting a walker, um, right. A page one, I think, or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I find that unrealistic actually. Yeah, I um, do too. In this world with zombies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so especially I, when they're still coming back, I, I'm presuming, or somehow they figured out how the, how to make dead people not turn back. 
into into zombies. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, just when Rick Grimes died, he turned. So So one last thing, and I go back and forth on this, but I wanted to ask you, since I don't know if we'll talk about Walking Dead on this show again, if we, if we do, it would probably be like a whole series retrospective and that would require us both rereading it probably. So I don't know if we will. So do you feel any disappointment or longing for that? You didn't know, like it's never resolved or, or like you're never told how the zombie outbreak started. Like how this how no, this started. I'm okay with it. I I, I am too because like it's that's in, not the point of it. And the way so. people say loss wasn't about like the mysteries, which I disagree with. I think loss <laughs> was about. I think they should have solved. I think they should have had all the character stuff and solved the mysteries and lost. But I do think Walking Dead is about the characters. But I would have. I I, I kind of wish there was like maybe it wasn't spelled out right, but if there was like a hint of like somebody finding like a half written like printout from like the cdc or something that like sort yeah, of hints it, at something that's the thing that like a hint like that wouldn't be enough and even trying to even put hints down then people are gonna want more and then if you don't explain it well enough then i don't know i just i think back to to why the last man where they they kind of tried to explain that one a little bit and i don't i don't know i just don't think it was satisfying enough or and, I, I i think it's you either have to go all in or not at all and so they chose not at all in in my opinion and i and i'm okay with that okay all right, I think it's time to move on to Talking Turtles. So now we're ready to talk about Turtles 100 and the lead up to Turtles, the City at War arc. So... Why don't you give some uh, some of your thoughts on, on things, Heidi? So the, the City at War arc is a long arc, and I didn't do a complete reread between for, for this. I just read it a few months ago, but I did go back and look through all of the issues just to kind of refresh my memory about all the stuff that's going on, and I realized the City at War arc is super complex because if we just take a second to kind of reflect on all of the different characters and storylines, I think it's worth noting that um, IDW used to have a separate title called um, Turtles Universe. Was it Turtles Universe or Team? Yeah, yeah, it was and, Turtles Universe. And so that separate series, that it was an ongoing series, and that followed kind of like the ancillary characters. So it followed the Mutanimals. It followed... Um, who else was it? Usually it was the Mutanimals, but it would... It would um, I think some things with the Neutrinos and... Some some other like mm-hmm. tangential storylines, but they did away with that title. But they didn't do away with any of those characters. That was all wrapped into the ongoing series. So when I looked at the arc, there's the Mutanimals that we're following, Hobbs and his guys. There's the the mutants that are part of Null's um, group that are more like the evil mutants. There's all these gang factions, not gangs, but more like mob factions that are vying for different parts of the city um, that Splinter basically like sanctioned off different parts of the city where the Foot Clan had an area and these other mobsters. So that's going on. You've got Karai trying to, to come back and take over the Foot Clan. You've got the Turtles and the Clan Hamato. You've got all of this stuff all going on. And so it's no wonder it took seven or eight issues to kind of bring this all to a head but it, it oh and then you've got april and you've got baxter stockman who's running for political office and there's just so much going on but i think it all folded together and culminated 
in um, really a beautiful ending at the end. So there's just a lot going on. I com- I completely agree because I sat down and when I was writing, when I was getting notes together for Walking Dead and for Turtles, I was going through this and while I agree with you that... Oh, I didn't even mention the EPF is in there too. The Earth Protection oh, Force yes. is a part of this and Harold Lilia is there with his wife and like just so many characters in this rich world. I was going through the issues and so I read this, you were reading it month to month. Up until issue ninety six. Ninety six. And so you and so I had let issues from issues like ninety two all the way to hundred build up and there's a couple of There's um, a free comic book day. There's a free comic book day issue and and the the Road to One Hundred issue. Road to One Hundred and Shredder in Hell was a five issue miniseries because Shredder had died in issue fifty. And they were going to bring him back, and that was completely obvious that they were going to bring him but back. But they didn't say that. You just kind of put two and two together. Well, yeah, they're having this miniseries come out that was... Yeah, I, it, it was obvious, but they did it really... Like, the the way it was done in story was really good, but it was there was a series that was coming out called Shredder in Hell, and Shredder was dead, and they are getting ready to get to issue 100, and they were aligning the issue 100 with the last issue of this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, everything was leading up to it being obvious. But where I actually would, like, would step back for a second, for me, is when I was doing my, I was reviewing the comics today, just to refresh my, my memory, because it's been a couple of months or a month and a half since I've read these issues. Um, I was surprised at how much actually didn't happen issue to issue. <laughs> yeah, that's because true, too. Each issue, it's pretty decompressed in its storytelling. Like, um, yeah, I mean, nineteen sixties writing. This is not. I mean, I mean, we haven't <laughs> we haven't had that in a while. But I mean, well, you sit down and read a nineteen issues, nineteen sixties issue of Superman, you'll get three stories, like ten pages each for a whole. Like here, yeah. Well, not a lot is happening simply because each each um, there's so many characters, right? So you're moving each character or each group of characters forward a little bit in time every single issue. The the whole arc probably takes place over three days now i now i loved the arc i I love the the turtles is probably the favorite title that i've been reading since 2011 Mm -hmm. um if there was like if i was like gonna someone was gonna say you can only read one title it would be turtles so i don't want to i but so and i'm getting my negatives out at the beginning i guess because um i have lots of positives to say but when you read the um which i appreciate what they do i wish dc comics did this more but they have a uh, you know in the story so far description yep, at the it's beginning about of two the, sentences two or three sentences and i swear today when i was looking at that i feel like two or three of the issues in a row like the, the description was like the same thing yeah, like, there's nothing nothing's progressed like um J- janika and you had a different pronunciation janica yeah yeah in my head it's janika um but it's uh, one of the Foot Clans. So since issue 50, um, uh, Splinter has been in charge um, of the Foot Clan. And mm-hmm. she's been his sort of, she's been his like right hand, right hand person. Shonen or Shonen? Yeah, Chunin or Chunin. I don't know how I pronounce it in my head, but um, is right <laughs> Clearly hand. we don't speak Japanese. Yeah. Um, she was stabbed by Karai. And then, yeah, I, I swear, like, the, the, the description for, like, three issues in a row was, like, Janika has been um, injured. They're trying to get her a blood transfusion. Well, and, yeah, like... well they tr- first they tried to get her to the hospital. But <laughs> yeah. but the the bad guys, I, can't, I said the foot, but they're not the foot. Like, Karai's cronies stopped yeah. them from getting they're, to the hospital. They're trying to, take, they're trying to take the foot back. Because yeah. like, Karai feels like this is her birthright. Yeah. And um, what's funny is I forget 
It's been so long since I've read The Secret History of the Foot Clan, which is like a miniseries that came out, what, like probably 2013 or something? Yeah. Because um, Orokusaki, you know... Which I um, really liked that when reading, it came out, but I haven't read it since I then. need to reread it because I don't remember... Like, um, Karai is Shredder's granddaughter, right? Yes, but and Shredder... Shredder-Saki, like, I don't... I kn- Shredder had her with Kitsune. They were re... See, I don't even... Okay. Kitsune's her grandma. Okay, I forgot that. Be, or... Um, because, you know, it's, they talk about it a lot. It comes up that they've, that the, the turtles have been reincarnated, but I forget like what Orokusaki's like history is. Cause he was also alive back in feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. So how, remind me, refresh my memory. How is Orokusaki around now? Same way Homato Yoshi is around now. I was think. he reincarnated like, or has he been alive that whole time? N- no, I think he's been reincarnated by Kitsune. I think like, and Kitsune is one of the the like magical family like the seven creatures or whatever right so yeah the pantheon the pantheon yeah like i i think that's how but so so either way we don't and that's why i think he's able to die when (laughs) shredder killed or when when splinter killed him. that's too much history to go into now but i definitely need to do a reread of the secret history of the foot clans i think that's all i think that they go over a lot of that there yeah and there was a cry like one shot because they had a villains micro series mm-hmm. a while ago where each uh, bunch of the villains got their own one shots and so I think Karai gets hers. But I mean, yeah, really, she's uh, just trying to take back what her family, what she thinks her family rightfully owns. And if she's if she's Splinter, I keep saying Splinter Shredder's granddaughter, then the foot and the foot was led by Shredder, then she thinks it's hers. Like, so did you see? I'm gonna and and plus in '92, so the issue before the start of City at War, um. Splinter was ready to hand over the sword to her. They were negotiating terms, and he was ready to step down from being as being the leader of the foot. And if you remember, their sticking point was that she wanted to take the children. They had this orphanage of children. Which she wanted to make them foot soldiers. He said, absolutely not. They're going to go to school and, and just join normal society. And she's like, well, that's the end of this one then. Remind me where those children came from. I believe, I don't think they ever explicitly said, but I think they're supposed to be... The children that the Rat King had taken under possession and was going to have, like, have them just dive off buildings and things and commit suicide. And then they, they like, stopped the Rat King, but then they were stuck with all these kids. Okay. Is where I think they came from. I think they were just orphan kids that, that had been taken over by the Rat King. Um, but I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit more than I was in, in Walking Dead. But did you, did you see Slinter's death coming at all or not? Um... I think that it kind of lays that out as a necessity when you read Shredder in Hell. So I I suspected that that might be the case even leading up to it. So I read Shredder in Hell between issues 99 and 100. And so even leading through issue 99 in some of the way that like... I think that's what I, think that's what I did too. Yeah, that's I think it is. So just, Which, by the way, I was surprised that issue 99 was a double issue like it was yeah. a, um you know it was a big thick um issue i think also. i knew it because i'm the one who orders the comics so like, yeah that's true i don't even i don't even money. look at the, the solicitations and or the cost of the comics anymore you handle that so yeah. i had no idea it was a um a double but i i think just like seeing the way things were going and and understanding that shredder's coming back like just the way that Splinter was talking and then he was put in jail. I just, I thought that it could be possible. And in the back of my head, I'm like, would they kill him? Would they, would he die somehow? Like I just, I had the feeling that that might be the case. But then after reading Shredder in Hell and there's the, basically the whole arc, um, Hamato Yoshi is, is a rat like on the shoulder or helping, um, 
helping Oroku Saki to navigate his way through hell. And just the way that that arc was leading, at that point, I was like, oh, he's going to die. Like, that's how it's going to go. And so, so and that's essentially what happened is he sacrificed himself to kill the dragon and Shredder's back. Splinter's, Splinter's gone. Yeah, so... But he did it, like, basically, not only to save all of the world, but I think he also did it in a way to... to um, as a way, number one, to recognize his his death at his own at at his own hand, so to speak. Like he didn't kill himself, but he sacrificed himself, and I think he did it. Number one, recognizing that he'd done all this wrong recently, like just trying to right the wrongs that he he had. And then number two, I think he saw a pathway to redemption in in Shredder and in his relinquishing his life he could allow shredder to come back and redeem his own life that's true yeah that's yeah so that gets into um it's good to hear you articulate it like that because um it's been uh like i said a month and a half since i read it but also the the criticism that i have uh well first of all let me say i did see the um splinter dying um coming i don't want to like like I don't think that that they um made it too obvious. I I, I just had a sense. I was like, oh, Spl-. yeah, I, I did was like, too. I was like, I think Shutter's coming back. Splinter has been leaving, yeah. kind of a bad guy, which has been an interesting dynamic when they're having the turtles sort of a, um, you know, in in in, in opposition these, to yeah. their to their father. It's forced these teenagers to grow up a little bit to to stand for something different than their parents have. That takes a lot of guts for a teenage person, teenager to say you know what i don't i don't believe in the same things that you do it's interesting to have that reading because i agree that's totally there i took it as more that it was um fascinating that because that the nuance for me is it's not even really a nuance is that um i don't think uh splinter was actually a good guy like it wasn't like no not at that point it I wasn't agree. really like and well it was like you know um uh courageous of the turtles to not father follow their father but it wasn't even the decision. It wasn't like a decision between two goods or whatever, or like two things. And like, you just pick a different path. It's like, yeah, your father's sort of on like the, a bad path, but they've been taught loyalty from the beginning. And that's, so do you well, stay that's loyal true with the ninja? That's like the ninja the, way, right? It's like, I like, remember like the, the your, ninja way, <laughs> your, your loyalty to your clan, your loyalty, to your family. But I did want to say, so you were talking about, you brought in a lot of stuff actually about, um, what was going on with Splinter and Rokusaki and Shredder and Hell. I would want to say that Shredder and Hell was a really good series and I liked it, but it was pretty, it was kind of convoluted and hard to follow from a story perspective. I agree. I really, really liked the art. Yeah, I had Maltus a hard time. Um, yeah. I had a hard time figuring out exactly no what was going on. No idea if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, <laughs> but his art is really good. He he came out of the Turtles in a big way. Actually, I think his first thing was that Secret History of the Foot Clan. I think it was, was like his first thing that he did with the Turtles and he didn't write that. But... One of the things I had to get over is he has a really sleek style to it, but it always kind of kind of bugged me how he drew. I'm a fan of just a classic, like unaltered bandana going around their heads. Mm-hmm. Maltus sort of started the trend where like it's Mateus, by the way, or Mateus, where Raphael's is like kind of like you know has like a edgy look to his bandana. Like he sort of like in infused their personalities into like their bandanas, like. Um, yeah, Raphael's is like kind of slanted and like jagged and like kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a big fan of that when he first started. So but- Mateus, just to circle back, since you had talked about this, he did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue five. Then he um, 
he was involved with City Fall issues one through seven, like involved. He did the Secret History of the Foot Clan one through four. He was involved in TMNT deviations, and okay. then also involved in the Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything, and then Shredder in Hell. You really, really got the history of him. Got, got it all here, right here. He's Brazilian. <laughs> Just yeah. for anybody that was curious, he is Brazilian. But the uh, the, I think most of his work was maybe character designs and things. But yeah. I, I think his first, the first major thing was the secret history of the Foot Clan. Yeah, it's that other stuff. He's he he's not credited as being like the main artist. But his his um his art is very sleek, and it, he's a really good he's a really good artist, and. Um, the story was just pretty convoluted in the yeah. Shredder and Hell. I could probably, maybe, maybe on a second reread, um, or a, or a second read, second reread would make it be like the third the reading. The third read, The yeah. third reading. <laughs> um, but, uh, a, a second reading would make it more clear because it, it was hard to follow in terms of, yeah. uh, it, it got pretty mystical and, mm-hmm. but it was still very enjoyable and so, it was, it was, um, necessary reading. That's the thing about, I would say the turtles, turtles, it, you know, the big milestone we're talking about is they hit issue 100. But I think because it's so um, serialized in a storytelling from the miniseries to everything that there's probably been like 170 issues. Oh, there's been tons. Yeah. Because with all the miniseries and stuff. You wouldn't want to. If and, you were in the universe that I mentioned. Too, yeah. It's title. all very important, I think, in terms of character building because they flow seamlessly. I feel like storylines flow from a miniseries to mm-hmm. the main series very seamlessly if you're reading it all but it could be it would be jarring it, it's probably necessary to read most of the miniseries if not all of them because for instance they connect all the dots between I, them all i feel like the shredder in hell um had nothing to do with the main series until like the final couple pages of issue 99 yeah and then you so if you went from issue 99 to issue 100 and you didn't read shredder in hell i think you'd, you'd really be, like, be thrown for a loop <laughs> where the hell did this dragon come from That's what, why is, what is shredder doing it's yeah. essential reading and so the series um should be congratulated on having such a tight continuity like they have this turtles universe that is really is a tight continuity between the various um and they've had a lot of miniseries and and it probably is close to I mean, there probably is a count online, but it's probably, I bet it's a uh, hundred and cause we have a, we have a short box of our turtles comics and our, and the miniseries and things are all in a separate box. And that's like three quarters of it's all in separate box. So it's gotta yeah, be like 170. So I will say there were there, if I'm getting back to the, the city at war arc and leading into issue 100, there were two things that surprised me in this, in this setup. The first was the, Cold in cold blood killing of Janica or Janika, as you would say, although I think it's Janica. Anyway, um, I did what not you think that just Japanese um, <laughs> pronunciation. Well, I Googled it, it. I have no Japanese. I've never taken Japanese as a language. I don't know anything. I, about I Googled it, but uh, who cares? Um, I care. That that surprised me. I, I didn't see that coming. Karai called a for a meeting after their original discussions went awry. And she she called for Janika to meet with her and and negotiate outside of Hamato Yoshi and Janika basically um professed her loyalty to Splinter and wham sword through the gut didn't see that one coming I, I remember reading that like oh my god she just did that I did not expect that one I unfortunately same with Walking Dead one of the downsides to being 
I can't say I'm a trade. I'm a trade waiter. Like I wait for the trades. I, I guess I'm like an arc reader. Like I wait. I read. Is that when things are big enough that they make the news? So you knew it. Well, I knew that she was gonna be the fifth turtle. Oh, I didn't know that. Either. And so because I read that I read it before that fifth turtle news ever although came out. I didn't know how that happened. Um, and that happened two months later. Two two issues later. I basically. knew it had to happen somehow. So I knew something was gonna happen. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah. So that's the problem. And and sometimes it's surprising because Turtles does not sell a ton. I mean, it's 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 probably middle of the pack for IDW. It's not like one of their highest sellers, but it's not a low seller either. I mean, it's not low, but in general, it's not a series that people are talking about. And so like, it, you'd feel like you're, or at least I feel like I'm safe from spoilers, but then, and probably the Jenica thing is probably one of the only th- times when it, when I was spoiled yeah. by oh. news sites. I thought she was going to be dead. And then the next two issues is spent trying to figure out how to not have her be dead. Like she didn't die. And then, so then as soon as they showed the like turtle blood transfusion, I was like, Oh, well, but then two panels later, she was a turtle. So not really like, yeah, I have. There. So one of my notes was that it'll be interesting to see moving forward. And you have a little bit of um, head start on me because, again, so I, I hit issue 100. I'm going to wait until issues probably 106, 107 yeah, come out. Yeah, I've read 101 and 102. And so one of my but thoughts. those I'm not going to spoil. Well, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, well, I haven't read them, so don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of my thoughts is, like, I'm curious if they're going to, how integrated into their team she's going to be. Is she going to be, like, a fifth turtle? Like, like, uh, like with all the meaning that that would have, or is she going to be like part of the peripheral team, the way that like, mm-hmm. um, Alaplex and nobody are like, you know, they're on the team, you know, they're part of like their acquaintances and, right. or like, like is Jenica going to be with them or is she going to be like, you know, living with the turtle, like in fully integrated with the turtles. And you have insight that I don't. So there's, there's one thing that I find really interesting with 100. Like when you have a milestone like that, oftentimes you expect that they're going to wrap up a bunch of, of loose threads and they did, but they created so many new threads that I, I mean, I think there, there's enough um, foundation here for another hundred issues. Easily. What am I missing? And so I'm trying to think like, what okay, are the So, threads? so you've got um, shredders back. Yeah, but I have a note, but we don't know what's going to happen with him I because a, I have he, a note. I have a sense and you, uh, uh, again, I'm going to say this and you probably have an idea of if I'm right or wrong, if they um, have touched on this in the first two issues, but I think that, Shredder's coming back and Splinter died. I think Shredder's going to take more of like a, a benevolent role in the Turtles' lives. This is this is me. I have no idea. Yeah. You, and you probably... But I think he's not going to be there. Well, I'm, I'm only two issues in and so far the pace no, hasn't I don't changed. That's, oh, so so like it's 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 slow storytelling. So, But I'm curious. I, I have a... That'll, that's my um, prediction is that he's going to be a benevolent force in, in the Turtles' lives. At least... I think he'll become a villain again at some point, but I think for mm-hmm. like in the way that like they turned the um, father relationship with um, Splinter becoming, you know, basically the adversary for the right. last and that was a slow burn, but basically the adversary for the last fifty issues. I think uh, Shredder is going to be their ally, right? For you know the next twenty five issues. So 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 here's here's the loose ends. You've got Shredder now, but you don't know what he's going to do. Like if, if what how is he going to lead the Foot Clan? What kind of a leader is he going to be now that he's come back from the? Oh, dead? so he's he's You've back got, to being the leader of the Foot Clan. Well, I'm assuming. I don't know. Okay, I'm, I didn't see. Hold like on. I'm only using issue one hundred oh. knowledge. I am not using any okay, other knowledge. Because I was gonna say my. So I didn't. One last thing. I don't think he's gonna be the leader of the Foot Clan. I think Karai is going to be, and he, and he's going to be like. Sort of outside. He's not gonna be with. Well, the- and there is there is loose end number two. 
he tried to kill Karai, or well, Kitsune tried to kill Karai in order to bring him back. So is Karai going to want to have anything to do with them? Who knows? Like, I if if I were her, I would maybe consider being being um leaning more towards the turtle side because actually oh. Splinter is the one who saved her. And her grandfather and grand, her grandmother tried to kill her, so her grandfather was dead, so he didn't have anything to do with it. But, you know, so what's going to happen with her? I don't know. Then you've got Baxter Stockman, who's this leader, but, you know, he's... Where did his... I don't even remember where he was in Issue he's 100. He's just the mayor. Is, no, I know, but what is what was going on with him in Issue 100? Was he, he even in it? Um, He was at the... The Mutanimals released the Mutagen at the end at, at his, like, inaugural, like, his winning speech. Yeah, that was, like, issue 96 and, and or 87, him right? him and... No, that was, that was at the end. It was issue 100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that was, like, 97, I think. Or, actually, I think it was 98. Leading into issue 99 is, like, at the end... At the, I believe at the end mm-hmm. of issue 98, he released the uh, Mutagen. And then her... Him and April are, like, buzzed off on flies, like, carried away. <laughs> So that's that's another loose end there, and then you, you you keep going, and then so so who knows what's gonna happen to that? You've got this mutagen released, so now you've got all these new muties hanging around, like hundreds of them, presumably, maybe even thousands, depending on what the blast radius was. Um, EPF is still out there, so who are they going to be going after? Um, so that's yet another loose end. There's so much. Oh, that's oh, something. I'm- and then issue one hundred has the the one page stinger epilogue in the very back that shows um leatherhead with leatherhead Krang. with crane inside of him i had a note on that I'll, call, I'll come back to that in a second so there's so much still out there so i want to that... talk about the epf for a second and, and i just want to say that oh look at the last page or like the second to last page like it happens like that's issue 98 oh, okay so it does happen in 98 it's so i don't remember what was going on in issue 100 with baxter stockman but i want to say that i am done not well. I'm not done. Oh, and then old Hob and what's happening with but him I, now that I he's hope, like released the mutagen. I, I hope that they. I'm tired of Agent Bishop. That's a character that I don't really like that much, yeah. and I kind of want him to be done and like in the comics and go away for a while. The way that Krang went away from him, he'll probably come back. Well, but I don't like that character. Agent Bishop had to be introduced once Splinter took over the Foot Clan and Shredder was dead, and Karai was like off in the woods hunting that sword. Because who else? Who who else are the turtles going to fight? Who are the villains? Well, they now, could create something new. I think there could have been a more interesting villain. I think it would have been cool if they had taken a Daredevil approach and like fought more low low life small time crime instead of all, always some big agency or big group i, I, I think I there agree. could have been some really cool stories i agree with you there um and so i i know just from reading you don't always read on read it um but they always have letters in the back and i've always read them and, and it was kind of cool because that used to be a thing in every comic um mm-hmm. dc comics superman like superman it didn't matter there's always a letter page and that's basically went away for most comics now except turtles has it and so people write in, and so um, a lot of the comics I read still have it. So. Oh, DC Comics have haven't had letters pages in years, um, which I wish they did because it's fun to read letters comic or letters pages. But Agent Bishop, I I learned it in the back, like somebody's letter brought this up. But he was one of the main villains in the two thousand seven Turtles cartoon oh, I that we know that. that we watched a little bit. Also Hun was from the mm, mm-hmm. from that cartoon. Although I think in that cartoon he wasn't Casey's father. Oh they've okay. entered they've that's the new thing that they've done in, in this series. They made Hun yeah. be Casey's father. But Hun and Agent Bishop I believe are from the from that cartoon and also they had more of like well or I can't pronounce like like some of the Utrams mm-hmm. um that have like weird names. Some of them are from that cartoon also. But I'm sort of just over 
Agent Bishop. And yeah, me too. He, he, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I can't ex- articulate why I don't really like his storyline. And, and it was a little bit more interesting when you learn that he's, he's like, like a little, little, a the little, little man in a body. But then that makes me think that like, it's has, like Krang. <laughs> has it always been consistent? Like would somebody who's in this body have acted like the way that like Bishop has acted throughout the series? It made me like think like, was, was this, something that they threw in like was that a decision like that did they know that when they introduced that character because I, I think sometimes he wasn't written like that i think he was for a long time and m- my guess is that he was written like he was just a regular ev- like normal agent and mm-hmm. so it was it was a big surprise when you learn that like he's really like he's a little deformed dude. yeah like guy in this robotic body but i don't think that that played consistent at least i was like i didn't i mean you have to go back and um in the series i'd have to he was introduced, I believe, in the Turtles Universe comic, like way back in the yeah, very first he, arc. Yeah, because he was going after like mutanimals. And, and they're fighting. And I think that's also the same time when that like woman like with the devil horns was introduced also. But yep. um, so he's, he's been around a while, um, but he's kind of annoys me. And I'm, I'm done with that character. So I'm trying to. So look- the, the last thing that surprised me then was when Hob released the mutagen and created all, all the, the mutants that that I also did not see coming. I'm intrigued to see what happens. Like if we get to follow any of those new mutants, if, you know, like if we see what happens next, if we see where they go with it. So I'm, and if the turtles are involved with any of those, those people or, you know, do they eventually come up with a cure? Like we've seen in X-Men comics, do they, do people want to be cured? Do they not want to be cured? Does, do any of the turtles then have this option to then cure themselves if that happens? Like there's, I don't know if any of that's going to happen. Like well, I said, I'm only going off of issue 100. The turtles are, that's an interesting one because first of all, I haven't thought about the, that uh, mutagen bomb because I don't like the comics. I feel like didn't address it that much in issue 100. Like it was like, it happened in issue 98 and I don't think there was much fallout yet. And so that, well, but, cause the issue yes. 100 had the giant dragon. That, that's why like, I say like fell from the sky. Like That's why I say yet. It's probably coming, but the turtles probably can't be returned or um because they were always turtles like the those were oh that's hu- true those yeah. were humans who were transformed into true. mutants the turtles are were just turtles that's true um reincarnated yeah turtles. so i suppose they could come back they would they could just change back to being a plain turtle as opposed to a mutant turtle but yeah that's a good point so my last my, my last couple notes here are that i'm curious and again you have at least two issues of insight that i don't but Sophie Campbell is coming on as the um, the new writer. She's been on. She's been an artist on the title before. She drops in and out. I remember mm-hmm. it was. I've af- always really enjoyed her art after too. the um, city uh, city fall. Mm-hmm. Right when Leonardo becomes um, brainwashed and is with Shredder. After that's fallout, they go to the Northampton yep. farm for a while, and that whole arc Sophie Campbell did, and she just and she's done other arcs since then, and she's got a. She's she's a great artist. I think she really makes the turtles look more like their age. She draws them a little softer, yeah, and a little more emotional, and I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with that. that's perfect way to uh, put it because I uh, yeah couldn't agree more on that. And so, but I'm not um, sure on her writing. Uh, I, I know she has a handle on the art, so I'm not worried about that. But it's been Tom Waltz has been the writer since issue one. Well, I'll tell you this: he's credited as a consultant in 101 and 102. So, which makes sense. He's probably um, 
that makes sense that he's going to be peripherally involved at least you know yeah i mean in, he, he might have helped her do the planning for the next couple of arcs yeah who, who like, knows what? i mean especially when there's a transition period yep i don't know if he'll stay on um indefinitely in that role but it's it's i didn't know that but it's good to hear uh just because i feel like he had a good voice like it there was a lot of there was a lot of change in artists throughout the mm-hmm. the, the hundred issues um and I remember way back... Well, the, the title didn't meander. The title always seemed to be heading yeah. somewhere. And I remember way back when... Because, like, I think I think it's the first 11 issues, maybe the first 12, Dan Duncan was the artist. And I remember being, like, really worried when it was announced that he was leaving the title. And since then, there's been probably, like, 25 oh, yeah. artists. And, and it's been fine. And it's, and it's there's always been a consistent writing voice. And so I'm hoping, and I, and I know I'm not. I have no reason to doubt her because I think that her art is great. But I hope that the level, that the quality of the title stays high, and um, well, that's the consistent. thing. Is when you have one person doing both the art and the and the writing, you get a consistent vision. I also hope that she doesn't fall behind and we get months without a title because yeah, it's true. the same writer and artist. Um, I'm looking forward to the um, the Janika three issue miniseries that's i think starting up this month yep we'll get issue one shortly so then i'll probably probably what issue three comes out in may probably so Mm -hmm. probably be in may or so until i read that there's so i have one other takeaway that we didn't mention that's kind of i even called it my random thought so metalhead has kind of an arc in this series where he's trying to like make a deal to um with the epf to basically like infiltrate and and double cross the turtles or cross the turtles and the epf is supposed to like help him become this this super sentient being to gain he wants to gain all the knowledge in the world basically like he wants to metalhead wants to continue to like evolve his own ai can you remind and, me real quick with him after you finish your thought mm-hmm. how he because i forget how he became like how how, how we got to be like a full size because he was like a little like like car size or like a little like toys not toy size but like i think donatello just built him as like protection after his own isn't well no when donatello had his consciousness transferred into him i believe he was like you know the size yeah like no, I, size. I think just Don, donatello just built a new one is what oh, okay. i think All right. but but anyway there's there's a whole arc where he's he's trying to to gain knowledge and donatello basically like ends up teaching him that Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith and not everything logical works out. And I really liked, there's a lot of back and forth and fighting between Donatello and this AI that he created. And I think it's an allegory for Donatello himself learning that you can't always rely on logic to make decisions. And and that um, it was all kind of wrapped up in taking a leap of faith and going through the portal which they had to do to escape some of their enemies. And Metalhead is saying, by by all the math and all the physical calculations, a physical being should not be able to survive going through this portal. And Donatello's like, but I know they can. And and Metalhead's like, it's just it's 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 an impossibility. And Donatello's like, well, that's why you have to have faith. And it was I I liked that that little arc. Yeah, I I forgot it, about it that. Was, it I was mean... kind of peppered in in random scenes here and there throughout mm-hmm. the the series or not the series but this this city at war um storyline and I, I liked that a lot i forgot about that so i'm glad you brought it up because i wouldn't have mentioned it and i um yeah that was that was cool and i'm not like a religious person but i i do understand like sometimes taking a leap of faith and so i, I liked that um the last thing i had was you you brought it up and but we didn't talk about it at all was the last page the tease for just future story to come is mm-hmm. uh krang was 
uh, eaten by Leatherhead, who's the crocodile uh, villain in the series, Crocodile Mutant. And so you think, oh, that's the end of the yeah, end. Yeah, you of... think Krang, everybody has rejoiced that Krang is dead. Yeah, you think Krang is dead, but I mean, I mean, it's comic books, so the you no know, one's dead's ever dead. Never dead. <laughs> but it was kind of cool you, um, because you always think about, you, you picture Krang in the body of his like robot. Um, yeah. From the cartoon is how you think about his, you know, this brain and a body. But here you have a brain and a body in the. Um, in this crocodile. Yeah, and, and it's, it's it not very... like in a robot cavity. It's like integrated in where almost as if he's like chewed his way out well, or like, like, a... like forced his way through yeah, so that it's... his his head is like visible through It's a very creepy. It's a very creepy image and it's uh cool because I actually had was was thinking during reading of of the last few issues was that it was um a bummer that Krang was gone because Krang is a fun villain, and like I was like, well, he, but he's not coming back. He got eaten. That was I was like, mm-hmm. that was a more permanent decision than I'm than I'm used to with, at least within the Turtles universe. Um, but so it's it's exciting that he's uh, going to come back. I'd be curious to see. I see you're looking at the page right now. I am, and and um, the crocodile. He his eyes are drawn in such a way that he he looks almost robotic. Like it it doesn't look like he's. He's really left anymore. It really looks like Krang is in control of the body. Now so, that that might not be the case. I mean, maybe his his it could be that his consciousness is still in there. Like there's there's no thought bubbles or anything mm-hmm. to know. But um, it it kind of is reminiscent of the the robot. But it's the the upper half is 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 the alligator. Oh so yeah, it's, it's yeah. very cool art. It's a very cool and creepy art. And so while we're talking about it, that. On the same page, the other, that's the right side of the page. On the yep. left side of the page is a tease for some sort of Turtles storyline, something relating to Turtles called The Last Ronin. And, and that's where Tom, um, Kevin Eastman and, and Peter Laird, the original Turtles creators, Kevin Eastman's been involved in the IDW Turtles quite a bit from co-plotting to doing covers and things. But Peter Laird hasn't been, so having them both back mm-hmm. and, and, and I think Tom Eastman Waltz. has a credit on all of the issues in yeah, some yeah. way. He has, he, I think he has a co-plotter. Uh, Tom yeah. Waltz writes the scripts, but I think Kevin Eastman helps write, like, come mm-hmm. up with the plots. So he's been involved, but whatever that is, they haven't announced what it is other than that one. It says piece. summer twenty twenty. Well, so well, we'll whatever see. that teaser is seems pretty seems pretty cool. So that, that's all I have for Walking Dead and Turtles. Yeah, me too. You? This was all fun. Right. You want to tell people where they can rate us and all of that fun stuff? Email yeah, us. you can find us at talkinggeekpodcast at gmail dot com. Remember, there's no G at the end of talking. Um, you can find us on all of your Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you subscribe. Go ahead and give us a, a star rating and a review. And you can find us on Twitter, too. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this super fun podcast about Walking Dead and Turtles. And if any of you out there, if this isn't geeky enough for you, if you need even more geek in your life, then I have a solo show that I do only on my own. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's why it's called a solo show. Uh, covering Superman and Booster Gold. Each issue, I talk about some topic relating to Superman movies or comic books or something relating to the Superman universe and something related to Booster Gold, who, if you don't know, he's another character in the DC Comics, my second favorite character, by the way. So if you want to listen to even more geek, you just can't get enough of me because I know that's true, then check out. It's called Blue and Gold, a Superman and Booster Gold podcast. You can find it. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes, but you can find it also if you do a search. All right, everybody. Stay geeky.